From Transport Topics in Washington, D.C., this is Road Signs. Here is your host, Seth Clevenger. Thank you for listening to Road Signs, the podcast series from Transport Topics that explores the trends and technologies that are shaping the future of trucking. In this episode, we're going to take you inside the making of TT's 2023 Top 50 Global Freight Companies list, which we just published on November 6th, both in print and online at ttnews.com. This annual list ranks the world's largest freight transportation companies across all geographies and modes of transportation, including truck, parcel, rail, ocean, and air freight, as well as non-asset-based third-party logistics providers. To produce this list, we worked with SJ Consulting Group to rank these companies based on annual revenue from their freight operations. In addition to the main top 50 list, this publication also includes rankings of the largest container seaports and cargo airports in North America. If you haven't already done so, you can get exclusive access to the complete version of our Top 50 Global Freight Companies report by subscribing to Transport Topics at ttn.ws slash ttsubscribe. You can also text ttsubscribe to 571-622-0001. And of course, don't forget to check out a fresh episode of Road Signs every other Thursday. And now to discuss how we assembled this year's Top 50 Global Freight Companies publication, I'm going to bring in two of my colleagues at TT, Features Editor Michael Fries and Features Coordinator Mike Senatori. Thank you both for your hard work on this project, as always, and thanks for being a part of the conversation. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Seth. So just to get started here, let's talk about the scope of this project and, and how we put it all together. You know, as I mentioned earlier, we work closely with SJ Consulting Group on the main top 50 list. Uh, SJ compiles freight revenue data for these companies. And then we add in supplemental information, such as equipment, you know, asset information, uh, executive leadership. Uh, but beyond that, we also produce a cover story dealing with international trade and global freight, as well as updated lists of the largest container ports and airports uh, in North America. Uh, Mike, you head up the data side of this project. So just t- spend a few minutes to talk about the work that goes into gathering the information that we present in this publication each year. Sure. So as you mentioned, we work very closely with our partners at SJ Consulting Group. So we take the list provided to us from SJ and we really fill in the blanks on a lot of the information there uh, and prepare it for the publication, adding stuff like company descriptions and executive leadership and equipment and freight asset counts as well. And that information uh, I gather online either through company websites or their annual reports and those sort of things. Uh, so yeah, the actual revenues we get from SJ and they, they do a great job prepping their list for us and it really makes the data collection process pretty painless for the top 50 list. And for the ports and the airports uh, rankings, those we gather by hand as well by checking with Port authority reports, that kind of stuff. Um, the the airports we receive from the FAA, they publish their own list of the top 100 United States cargo airports every year. And once we have that, we fill in the blanks with other North American airports outside of the United States, like Canada and Mexico. And that's how we come to the top 100 for the airports. And for the ports, it's really just a matter of finding that data online, either via the port authorities or other sources. Well, thank you for that uh, overview, Mike. And yes, there's certainly a, a lot of information that we present here, uh, working with a lot of different sources and of course with uh, SJ Consulting uh, as a partner on the project. 
Uh, Michael, you handled a lot of the editing duties uh, for the publication this year, uh, including the cover story. Uh, so I, I think that uh, we can start right there. Just give us a, an overview of that lead story in the publication and some of the main takeaways from that piece, you know, really looking at port operations. Sure thing, Seth. You know, one of the things that we've always done with our annuals, we would like to take a long, long form view of what the, 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 the prior year was and what the, the upcoming year may be in regards, in this case, to the, the, the freight industry, to the, the ports that we're ranking and, and, and covering. And one of the things that you know, we wanted to do with this was to really take that outlook and really niche it. And two of the, 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 the main uh, segments of, of this particular industry that we wanted to focus on was automation and infrastructure. You know, when you go to a port, there's always some type of construction going on. And, you know, maybe for the last decade or so, you know, you, you've seen you know, things like that, you know, especially in the North Carolina Port Authority, uh, the, 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 the ports of Long Beach and, and, and others, you know, Georgia Port Authority, just name a, a few. But, um, you know, those ports have been going under, uh, have been under infrastructure projects for, for quite some time. And right now, you know, especially last year and this year, you know, they're they're at the, they're at the completion. Like for instance, the North Cor- North Carolina Port Authority, their Southgate Container Complex was just opened in the in the Port of Wellington, North Carolina, uh, back in uh, February twenty twenty two. And then you have what's going on in Long Beach right now with their Middle Harbor redevelopment project. That was a ten year effort, and that um, opened up in, in 2021. So we're, we're seeing the, the, the fruits of, of that particular infrastructure. And, and, and many ports have been, um, you know, investing, you know, millions, even billions into, you know, their, their infrastructure project. You know, of course, uh, for instance, the, the Port of Long Beach, they've, uh, you know, they've poured nearly about a billion and a half into, into infrastructure. Uh, so it's, it's, it's definitely you know, uh, something that's on the, the front of mind for, for port operators. And, and one of the things, too, especially since the, the, the freight market has, has softened quite a bit, you know, this is an opportunity for, for those ports right now to really uh, catch up to the automation and that innovation that's been, that's been um, you know, taking over the trucking industry, but also, you know, applying that to the, the ports so they can communicate and work efficiently with, with trucking. So, you know, just the, 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 the the route of information technology, where it's going right now, you know, just the, in, in the, the the efforts to provide enhanced visibility and monitoring of the supply chain right now, especially in the the sort of flux that's in right now, it's very important. And you know, with this feature for the the Global Fifty issue, we really want to see how those infrastructure and automation improvements have been helpful for operators. But yet, you know, th- there's still work to be done. So so we're we're, we're kind of taking that moment in time and and enlarging it to see uh, what the future holds. Yeah, well, I think that's a great overview. And, you know, we think back to just a few years ago during all the supply chain disruptions and uh, port congestion, you know, during the pandemic or, like, you know, kind of the, the recovery and, and surge in demands coming out of the, of the pandemic uh, and all the, the delays and, and backups we saw at, at you know, major ports uh, during that time frame. And, of course, a lot of these infrastructure projects have been a long time coming. Uh, but hopefully that, you know, will help uh, smooth out the entire, you know, global freight transportation system as some of these investments you know, come to fruition. Uh, so now that we've provided a good overview of the uh, top 50 publication, I think that it's time to get into the updated rankings. 
And uh, just taking a look, um, you know, first thing I think everyone will notice will be, is a big change right at the top. Um, you know, we have uh, uh, Amazon listed uh, for the first time this year, and the company makes its debut at number one. Uh, so last year, we kind of opened the door for this, this move when we opened up the list of third-party logistics providers on the top 50. Uh, prior to that, it was all asset-based uh, carriers uh, across all modes, right? Ocean carriers, air cargo, truck, um, rail. Uh, but we added 3PLs uh, last year. And for, uh, for this year, we, we took it a step further and, you know, to be clear, this is not all of Amazon, right? You know, we're not counting all of their, you know, retail sales, uh, which is just enormous, but, you know, we're looking at their, uh, e-commerce fulfillment and logistics operations, uh, specifically serving third parties. Uh, and that's almost a quarter of Amazon's revenue. I mean, uh, Amazon, of course, has built this massive e-commerce logistics, um, e-commerce fulfillment, uh, uh, business over the years. It's an extensive operation that, that powers its own online retail network. And the company also supports businesses that don't sell uh, through Amazon.com with its logistics operations. And uh, I'm not sure how widely known or appreciated that is. Uh, so when you look at Amazon's overall operations, yes, they're you know primarily this giant in, in the world of um, online retail, but uh, they do provide 3PL services through two of its business units. Uh, specifically, it's Fulfillment by Amazon and Amazon Multi-Channel Fulfillment. Uh, so Fulfillment by Amazon is the uh, ha handles the e-commerce fulfillment for orders that are placed on Amazon.com. Uh, if you order from Amazon, uh, this is the e-commerce operations and fulfillment that's supporting that. Uh, and then the uh, MCF division I, I mentioned earlier, uh, offers order fulfillment for sales channels outside of Amazon. So, you know, Amazon is a, a big player, you know, a huge player in logistics and you know, third-party logistics, uh, you know, even if you're not selling on Amazon. Uh, so just looking at the numbers, Amazon reported more than $117 billion in net sales from its third-party seller services in 2022. You know, again, that's um, nearly a quarter of the company's total revenue. Uh, obviously, this is a, a huge change to our list, uh, putting Amazon uh, on the list and, you know, especially at number one. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit more about this. Uh, Mike, you know, what's your take? You know, you've been work you worked on this list last year as well. But, you know, what's your take on Amazon appearing at the very top of our 2023 top 50 global freight companies list? Well, with the change that we made last year that you mentioned to the uh, to the top 50 criteria with including more and more of 3PLs. This really felt like the logical conclusion to that, you know, Amazon obviously has a massive reach and the company's used its position as an e-commerce really industry leader to develop pretty comprehensive fulfillment services, as you said, both for Amazon's own sales and for other merchants on third party platforms. Uh, the two tools, FBA and MCF, they can be used pretty much hand in hand for online retailers. And the company itself actually claims that uh, U.S.-based merchants who use both of those services together increase their Amazon.com sales revenues by 38%. Um, so as you mentioned, I mean, the, this is a huge division of one of the biggest companies in the world, really. Uh, nearly 23% of the company's entire total revenue in 2022 came from these services. So. As shocking as it may seem to not see UPS at the top of this list anymore, 
as we've all grown accustomed to. Uh, Amazon's 3PL business is really, you know, it's earned the company that spot atop the list. Are you feeling the pain of tolls eating into your fleet's bottom line? If so, I want to tell you about BestPass. They offer universal toll management that provides streamlined toll payments, nationwide coverage, and 24-hour account access in a single simple account. Over 15,000 fleets rely on BestPass every day to eliminate the headaches of toll management. That means saying goodbye to paper toll bills, managing multiple toll accounts, and zero visibility into toll spend. Upgrade your toll management in 2024 by visiting www.bestpass.com or calling 888-410-9696. Well, thank you for that, Mike. And you know, Michael, I'll ask you as well. You know, again, you know, this is a, a big change to the list. You know, your thoughts on on Amazon making its debut on the top fifty. You know, it's it's you know the, the bigger get bigger. The the uh, the the amazing thing about it is just like with groceries, uh, Amazon has catapulted to the top. I mean, it's you know, you know there was you know Kroger. I mean, for the the longest time. And I mean, and, uh, and other you know, grocery groceries and supermarkets were at that top uh, of the list, and then Amazon you know came in just from entering that space for the first time. They become the uh, the biggest grocer, and it's looking like that's like that as well. You know, um, what what it will look like for the future and how they will utilize their their um, their parcel and you know, the, the delivery service under that, you know, that, that wing of, of Port Authority, um, it remains to be seen. But it, it's definitely, it shows you the, the power of Amazon and the, uh, number one, the efficiency of, of them having just getting, I mean, I wouldn't say that they've just been into the space, but, you know, as you said, as the new parameters are set for this list, you know, Amazon you know, definitely, uh, you know, passed those and, and, and really they're showing strength in that particular market. So I think after we all get over the, the sticker shock of Amazon being number, number one, I think that they will probably ease into that uh, position. And, and as the rest as well will still be dominant factors as well. But um, the industry should know that there's a new new sheriff in town. Yeah. And uh, just to you know, sort of echo um, or you know, add a little bit of detail to you know, what we were alluding to is that, you know, Amazon very well, you know, could have been on this list for, you know, for many years. Uh, it's just, it's really a, the, the reason why we see Amazon on the list and debuting at number one is not because of a, you know, some massive change, you know, in the last year. Uh, it's because we changed the, the criteria for the list. We opened it up uh, to three PLs. And, you know, what's been challenging in the past is to get good data on, uh you know, the size and scope of Amazon's logistics operations broken out from all the other stuff they do, right? You know, online retail and, uh, you know, there's Amazon Web Services. And so they're, they're a big, uh, you know, cloud-based services provider. Uh, so lots of these other uh, divisions and you know, grocery, you know, Michael, you mentioned grocery, you know, with the Whole Foods acquisition. Uh, so Amazon, you know, is competing in so many different markets and so many different uh, businesses and industries. Uh, but you know, we have the data You know, we opened up the list. So that's, that's why, uh, so we're just, uh, I think shining, a, a, a clearer light on, you know, the, you know, 
the most comprehensive view of, of freight companies uh, who are indeed the largest in the world. Uh, so I think we've just we've strengthened our list, and, and that's why the um, you know this change is reflected. Uh, but once we move past Amazon, you know, we do see a lot of familiar names that continue to dominate the the top of the list. And you know, Mike, you mentioned UPS, you know, right there at number two, uh, FedEx at number three. Um, you know, these two you know giants in the world of parcel delivery and logistics um, have been at the top of many of our lists for for a long time. And uh, you know, UPS, interestingly enough, uh, topped 100 billion in revenue for the first time in 2022. Uh, and FedEx is uh, pretty close at 90 billion. Uh, moving beyond that, uh, another uh, big parcel and warehousing company, DHL, um, out of Germany, is number four. Uh, and then the top ocean carrier on our list is Maersk, you know, that's with um, 80 billion in revenue. And you know, when we go through the list, uh, ocean carriers, for the most part, enjoyed the best year-over-year revenue growth uh, in 2022 compared to the previous year. Uh, at least compared to the other various modes of transportation, um, as we uh, uh, compare the companies on this list, you know, Maersk had a, a revenue increase of thirty-two uh, percent uh, from twenty twenty-one. Uh, so that's that's quite a, a huge increase for a company of that size and scope. Uh, next up, we have the U.S. Postal Service at number six, and also another pair of uh, ocean carriers, uh, CMA, CGM, and uh, Costco Shipping Group. Uh, and then uh, Kuna-Nagel International and uh, uh, out of Switzerland and uh, Chinese uh, parcel and delivery firm SF Express uh, is at number 10. Uh, one other change I'll mention, uh, one big company, big freight transportation provider that's absent from this year's list is Russian Railways. Um, you know, it's both uh, freight and passenger rail services, but we are only counting the freight um, aspect. Uh, they were number 14 on our list a year ago, uh, but were uh, removed due to the sanctions related to the, the war in Ukraine. Uh, Mike, as you go through the list of the top 50, are there any companies or ranking changes that stand out to you uh, this year beyond the big move uh, at number one with Amazon? So two companies that really stood out to me for seeing huge jumps in their revenues in 2022, that they were numbers four and five on the list, DHL Group and MERS. Uh, DHL Group, one of the largest parcel delivery services in the world. Uh, it's a German company, and on top of uh, parcel mail delivery, they also do logistics and supply chain services, warehousing, freight forwarding, that kind of stuff. And although DHL Group dropped one spot in the rankings this year due to the addition of Amazon, the company's freight revenue took a real leap uh, year over year, increasing by nearly $10 billion compared to 2021, while its total revenue from the entire business also increased by about $6.5 billion. So, uh, so yeah, so definitely a, a strong year for DHL Group. And Maersk as well. Uh, Maersk maintained its spot in the top five despite the addition of Amazon this year. And that's because they overtook uh, the U.S. Postal Service in freight revenue. They sort of jumped a spot ahead of them compared to last year. Maersk is the world's leading ocean shipper and the Danish company posted a strong 2022 as well. Their revenue from ocean shipping increased by 33% in 2022. And, and the company said, along with the release of its annual report, that logistics and services revenue in 2022 also jumped by 47%. Uh, in addition to that, their warehousing capabilities more than doubled with the 
acquisition last year of the former LF Logistics. So in all, Maersk's freight revenue jumped by nearly $20 billion in 2022. Definitely one of the biggest jumps on this list. Uh, Its total revenue also jumped by almost $20 billion. So it really cemented its spot ahead of the other fellow ocean shippers in the top 10, you know, CMA, CGM, as you mentioned, and Costco shipping group. Uh, for sure. And, um, you know, Michael, I'll, turn, I'll ask you the same question. Uh, as you peruse the list, are there companies or changes that stand out most to you as you take a look at the uh, updated rankings? You know, other than, of course, you know, the, the Amazon shock. Um, you know, we definitely, as Mike had alluded to, the U.S. The US Postal Service, you know, lost uh, two spots, you know, from being four to, to number six now with uh, Maersk and, and DHL. Uh, moving to those, well, Maresk just uh, staying just slight, you know, just staying ahead at five and, and DHL group jumping up to one while, you know, UPS and FedEx, you know, drop down a, a, a spot each, you know, but I think, you know, as, as Mike was alluding to uh, as well with the, you know, the open o- ocean shippers getting, just getting a, a nice bou- bounce from um, Ocean Network Express, you know, who's 16 on the list that, that, that wasn't even ranked and, and as, as well as uh, Nippon. Ex- Express, who uh, you know, who, who's new to the list as well. So, um, and I believe both of them are, are, are Japanese companies as well. So, um, you know, that um, just the you know the the, the rise of, of, of Ocean and and even with you know Rail as well. Even I mean, there there's still um, some some growing there some some growings within that industry uh, as a whole uh, as uh, you know things are are happening with 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 Ocean. Uh, ocean freight uh, uh, deliveries. So, um, you know, I, I think, you know, uh, you know, it's, you know, other than the Amazon shock, you know, there's, there's still, um, you know, new companies, uh, there's still growing companies out there that, that are still making a, a mark within the supply chain, as, 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 like I said before, it's been in flux, but, um, you know, the, the companies um, are, are, are making their way to, uh, I guess, making their way to be more efficient in this, in this new normal. Yeah. And, um, you know, a finer point on you know, one of those companies you mentioned, uh, Ocean Network Express, <clears throat> you know, that's a, um, you know, the holding company that includes uh, multiple, you know, major uh, ocean shipping lines uh, in Japan. Uh, but we're, we're consolidating them on the list this year. So that's why, uh, you know, some of the names, uh, you know, whether it's NYK or K-Line you've seen in the past are, are now consolidated there. Uh, so that's a little, another little wrinkle we added this year. Uh, and also for our uh, listeners, uh, just a quick reminder, you can view the entire top 50 list online at ttnews.com. And you can also get exclusive access to the complete version of our top 50 global freight companies report by subscribing to Transport Topics at ttn.ws slash ttsubscribe. So as we've been discussing, uh, this publication is more than just a list. It's also an update on the state of international freight and global transportation. Uh, we talked a little bit about the cover story about how porter operators have been upgrading their infrastructure and implementing technology to improve efficiency. You know, at the time that they've been recovering from all the disruptions and you know, supply chain issues caused by the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, any other top findings from that story, Michael, that you would want, want to mention on this uh, in this conversation? You know what? Um, just one of the things, you know, the, the, the biggest you know takeaways that, that I've got is, is just that. Um, you know, it's 
uh, a much needed time for, for for recovery, you know, and when it when it when it comes to just cargo volume volumes in in general, and I think you know with this list you you, you see some of that, um, you know, see some of those things happening within within that list, you know. So I mean, I I think that uh, you know as you know, definitely you know there's a lot of factors you know involved with with this year this year's list and just how it may shape up for 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 next year. I'm sure that there's you know. Um, I mean, it probably won't be too much M and A activity, but I mean, but it still has, you know, some, um, you know, it'll still have some factors when, when we make this list next year. So I, I think, you know, just you know, kind of going into the future, I, I you know, I think that it's going to be, um, you know, the list may not might change. I think some some players might, um, you know, go up and down, of course, but I, I think as the the industry improves overall, I, I think. The industries should be uh, quite a bit steady. Is your fleet still receiving paper bills in the mail? BestPass wants to upgrade your toll management solution before the end of the year. They offer nationwide toll coverage in a single account and can reduce the time spent managing toll by up to 50%. Over 15,000 fleets rely on BestPass every day to provide deep discounts on toll and industry-leading coverage. See for yourself the BestPass difference by visiting www.bestpass.com or calling 888 888- 410-9696. One of the more interesting aspects of this top 50 list uh, for me each year is just to see where North America's largest companies, especially in the, the trucking and logistics world that we cover at Transport Topics, you know, how they stack up against the largest transportation companies globally. And uh, this year, you know, taking a look, we see C.H. Robinson, of course, North America's largest freight broker, uh, is number 19 on the list uh, worldwide uh, with 23 billion in revenue uh, last year. Uh, another one that's uh, you know not too far behind is uh, Expeditors International, major freight forwarder at number 23 on the list with 17 billion in revenue. Uh, going down the list, we also see JB Hunt Transport Services, of course, big in uh, intermodal and trucking and logistics uh, is number 27 on the global 50. Uh, and then uh, keeping, you know, uh, moving right down the list to see uh, XPO, uh, less than truckload carrier, uh, number 34, uh, and then a few others as well. Uh, Landstar system is at number 43. Of course, Landstar operates through a network of independent owner operators and independent freight brokerage agents. Uh, so their business model is a bit different uh, than some of the other large carriers, uh, brokers uh, on the list. Uh, Night Swift Transportation, uh, major truckload carrier, of course, ranks number 44 on the list. And uh, Canadian trucking group TFI International is number 45. Um, also, the last two spots on the list, uh, we have uh, Schneider at uh, number 49 and uh, LTL carrier Old Dominion Freight Line at number 50. Uh, so overall, I think that's a, a strong showing for the North American trucking and logistics companies to see so many of them ranked among the top 50 largest in the world. Um, you know, Mike, uh, what stands out to you when you look at the, uh, North American trucking and logistics companies that do qualify for this top 50 list? Yeah. So although some of these, these companies might've moved down a spot or two on the list this year, uh, for the most part, these companies have been seeing growth in their revenues year over year. Um, of, of the companies that you mentioned just before Seth, 
all of them except XPO had revenues increase in 2022. And as we all know, XPO had a busy year in its own right, uh, spinning off its truckload brokerage and logistics division, RXO, into its own company. And of these North American trucking and logistics businesses, J.B. Hunt stood out to me as sort of making strides in 2022. Uh, the Arkansas-based trucking company saw a $2.6 billion increase in their revenue, which is a 22% jump from 2021. And this was all in spite of a year where the company really felt the effects of a shaky market, uh, especially with its integrated capacity solutions business. Uh, that, that segment in particular experienced a 27% decrease in volume uh, in Q4 of 2022 compared to the previous quarter in 2021. So that sort of continued revenue growth, despite the difficult market conditions, it, it just goes to show why JB Hunt is in the position it's in within that market as one of the top truckload carriers in North America. Yeah, and it's really interesting, I think, to uh, think about uh, what next year's lists are going to look like. You know, Global 50, of course, is the final of the four uh, annual reports, annual uh, top 100 or top 50 lists that we produce at Transport Topics uh, in this calendar year. Uh, but And these lists are based on, uh, for the most part, on 2022 revenue. And 2022 was a really unique year, right? I mean, uh, the, the first half of the year, uh, for the most part, was still a continuation of that freight boom that we saw in, in 2021. There's a lot of strength in the first half of 2022 uh, in the market uh, that really started to drop off in the second half. And that's continued uh, through this year in, in 2023. Uh, so as we you know, extrapolate to next year, think about uh, how these lists might change. Uh, I suspect we won't see the, the, the kind of growth uh, that we continue to see last year, despite some of the challenges in the market turning. Uh, as well as some of the disruptions that were still pretty severe last year, uh, supply chain disruptions that were still pretty severe last year, um, you know, which is uh, one of the more interesting uh, elements that we have to consider as you know the the market conditions certainly shift from from year to year, and we'll I think we'll certainly see that uh, next year. Uh, Michael, before we move on, anything else to add about uh, the the North American trucking and logistics companies that you see on this list? Well, I mean, you know, it, it's 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 as an American, it's it's, it's nice to see the, uh, the those American freight companies ranking, um, you know, as one of the largest across the world. Um, you know, I, I I am I'm always amazed. You know, although it's not a company, I'm I'm, I'm using air quotes right now. Um, you know, the, the United States Postal Service. You know, it's just uh, when, we, when we talk about supply chain disruptions, and we talk about how you know the, the you know the, the freight market is softening, and all these things are happening within the supply chain that are, that are affecting commercial and consumer delivery. You know, we, we have a, a a business model which is a government model that's been around for you know 100 plus years using the same model and probably still same price target that that it's been using for those same same 100 plus years and it's still going strong and it's one of the biggest um delivery services in the world so i i, I really i'm really in all of that you know just uh, a a a parcels uh a system that you can deliver a, a letter to somebody and have it go, go across the the country for 60 cents <laughs> you know, so you, you you still can't beat that. You know, fifty or a hundred years later. So, um, you know, in, in that regard, that's what I'm really amazed about. Every time when I do this list every year. Yeah, 
and of course, some of those services, uh, you know, not necessarily turning a profit on that, right? You know, yeah, <laughs> delivering to a rural yeah. spot in you know Montana somewhere, uh, but it's a you know there's a public service element to it you know, to make sure that everybody can can receive their packages, receive their mail. Um, you know, a final point that I want to uh, bring up on the the list here, of course, you know, we, we talked about our uh, separate rankings of the largest container ports and uh, also uh, Cargo airports, uh, you know, Mike, you you know, lead the charge on those lists. Uh, so just give us a quick overview of both of those. Right, we have our top twenty-five uh, container ports as well as our list of the largest uh, 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 cargo airports. You know, as you look at those lists, what are some highlights and, and what stands out this year? Sure. So container shipping volumes grew pretty moderately for the top seaports in North America. Um, the real highlight from the container ports ranking is the port of New York and New Jersey overtaking the port of Long Beach for the number two spot on that list. Uh, both Long Beach and the list leading port of Los Angeles had declines in cargo throughput in 2022, uh, as did several of the biggest West Coast ports. And that was due in part to the, the labor disruptions that resulted from long lasting contract negotiations between dock workers unions and port terminals. Um, the ports of LA, Long Beach, and Oakland, as well as Washington State's Northwest Seaport Alliance, uh, they all dealt with declining volumes last year as uh, shippers really sought out more stable conditions further east. But yeah, all in all, you know, growth in volumes with these you know these large container ports, it was pretty pretty significantly slowed compared to years past. And then taking a look at the air freight list uh, for 2022, the air freight volumes seemed to be returning to form last year after a really, really banner year in 2021. Uh, 2022's volumes returned to near pre-pandemic levels as, uh, you know, they, it sort of, sort of fell back to earth a little bit after a very strong 2021. Uh, global demand for air freight dipped by 8% in 2022, year over year. And many of the top cargo airports in North America also dealt with declining volumes, including the top two airports on our list, which are Ted Stevens Anchorage International and Memphis International. So the kind of economic uncertainty that was felt across the U.S. and kind of the whole continent in 2022, it, it, had, a, it had a significant effect. And that dip in you know, commercial traffic, you know, consumer spending, it certainly contributed to a, a, a weak year for air freight in North America. Yeah, well, thank you for those overviews, Mike. And uh, it is interesting on the container ports list to see New York, New Jersey uh, edge up to number two. Uh, of course, when you visit uh, Southern California, the ports of LA and Long Beach are you know, now one and three on the list, but they are, you know, next door neighbors. And in fact, you know, from the uh, viewpoint of, uh, you know, uh, being on the water, you know, you need a, an expert to point out which one is which because they're, they're connected basically, uh, just a huge, huge ports complex in, in Southern California. Uh, but interesting to see that, uh, New York, New Jersey edges past one of the two, uh, you know, giant, uh, uh, container ports, um, in, uh, the LA area, uh, you know, looking at the time, I think we've uh, covered a lot of ground here, so I think we can uh, wrap it up right here. Uh, Michael and Mike, thank you both for 
putting together this year's top 50 publication and, and sharing your insights on the podcast. Really appreciate the conversation. Not a problem at all, Seth. Thanks for having us on. Did you know you can ask Alexa to open transport topics? In just one minute, you will hear the biggest trucking headlines of that day. Be prepared and start your morning off right with transport topics. So we hope you've enjoyed this in-depth look at the 2023 Transport Topics Top 50 Global Freight Companies list. As a reminder, you can view the Top 50 list and related information online at ttnews.com. And of course, if you're a Transport Topics subscriber, you already have a hard copy packaged with the November 6th issue of Transport Topics. If you've enjoyed this episode of Road Signs, please let others know. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If my questions have sparked questions of your own, share them with me and the Road Signs team. You can email us at share at ttnews.com. We'll read them and respond daily. Also, let us know how we did by texting TT Survey to 571-622-0001. And of course, we'll be back in two weeks with a fresh episode of Road Signs. Until then, I'm Seth Clevenger. Thank you for listening.